Howdy, this is Grant Cole in Houston. This is Rick Collins in Dallas. And I'm Dustin Zare in Austin. Thanks for joining Texas Rugby Monthly. Texas rugby fans, it is episode 11 of the Texas. We turned it up to 11. We're turning it up to 11. <laughs> Welcome back, Texas Rugby Monthly. It is. And what month is this? It's July. Again, we're two for two and recording in the month that we tell people that we're going to record in. Uh, we'll actually get it out in the same month, too. Holy shit. <laughs> Gentlemen, last time that the three of us sat down for a good conversation of all things beautiful about the state of Texas and the game played in heaven. We had MLR was wrapping up and getting to the final, the, the business end of the season, or at least for one of us. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, I know. Sorry. That was pretty easy. one to throw out there. And then, uh, you know, obviously we've, we've been kind of scrambling and now it, this is it. This coming weekend is the last, last game of, of 2021. Uh, up yours, COVID. Uh, we we handled it well. I think good job, MLR, for the most part on that. But uh, getting into it, guys. One month. How have you guys been the past month? Beautiful. I actually got to go down and hang out with uh, Grant for a little what? bit of time. I did. Yeah, I did see a down. few beverages were probably consumed at that particular point in time oh, too. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. I ran into uh, the commissioner, George Kilbrew. The commish. Can we just call him the commish? Yep. Like oh, for sure. I like that. I like that okay. better. From now on, just the commission. The commish. By the, the way, commish. his old, his, yeah. his funny thing about the commission, his old Twitter handle used to be like brew dog, something, something, something. Like, <laughs> I was like, why? Like he changed it. And I was, I, I, I was going to take a screenshot and I didn't. And I was like, son of a bitch. Like that's one of the things like that would have been awesome. Just to like, remember that one time before you became the commissioner of the, of a professional sports just league. Flash it up at the end of every episode. Brew dog. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if, if we ever get him on this show, that's what you should just put under there as brew dog. Hey, brew by, dog. The, by the way, uh, I, I, sources say that if you just ask him to come on, he is open to coming on to any any podcast, uh, 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 which doesn't make us feel not. special. <laughs> yeah, that, that would track. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, people, people will follow us. Welcome to everybody who's following us, all 35 of you. Or not. <laughs> no, I we, think all 35 of them that talk, that talk to me about it every month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're sitting there going, God. I don't know any of them. Yeah, I don't know any of them. Like, uh, remember, they're down in the valley. I remember this going back a couple episodes, down in the valley. <laughs> not <laughs> so, so hate hey everybody in the valley. Uh, we, we do get, that's probably Baltimore. Yeah, we we do get people carrying over from the Austin Rugby podcast from Australia, so everybody wants to know about Texas hey. rugby. Yeah, so Dustin, what's yes, going on in Austin? Man, Austin, it's hot as hell. It was hot <laughs> as hell last weekend. It really was. Yeah, it's hot, and I feel bad I for guy. I feel bad for everybody out playing rugby right now. Uh, y'all are brave. We got to Burfield. I got to Burfield at eight thirty, and well, eight fifteen in the morning to get our spot 
and early, and I got I got the right spot for the day. All, all our guys were happy about you know a shady tree. Shade, well, how much shade we had and how we had our tents set up to block the sun. Well, we did good. We I mean, we really did do well on that. But uh, yeah, and they only had one break in that tournament and, yeah. instead of two or three, like you know most tournaments had. So instead of an hour and a half of break time or an hour and 20 minutes of break time between each game, we were looking at 40 minutes. Ooh. Yeah. And, uh, 45 minutes. And it was, uh, it was beating the, he was beating some guys down. I mean, we, there's a lot of injuries out there. We had one guy just running sprint full out. And then you could see everything was tightening up. He had hit and then he kept going for 20 meters and got over the, got over the 10 meter line into their, into the field and sniper. Yeah. Man, <laughs> man down, man down. I mean, he, he, you could just see his, his, the leg he was stretching out when he got it straight. It wouldn't, it wouldn't crook again. No. And I mean, here he is, he's trying to land on it with, you know, without hurting something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he hits it and just boink. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was, he, he would have, if he would have cramped up, he would have had a try. He had, I mean, he was a full 15 meters away from the closest defender. I don't miss those days. I don't. <laughs> just don't. Like, I, it's, 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 yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I'll see y'all in Aspen in uh, September. <laughs> yeah, when it's 75. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, hot, hot as hell in Austin. Uh, l- listen, um, I'm going to be pretty short and sweet to the point about Austin this year, this year for rugby. We'll talk ML. Let's talk some MLR, right? Cause we'll get to some other stuff with other local seven stuff going on here with, with grand a little bit later because uh, sevens is kicking off and man it has been an exciting seven season all sevens around. Is winding down, dude. Seven, I know it's been, an ex- <laughs> it's, it's been an exciting seven seasons. Like we haven't talked about sevens. Like we, we yeah. touched on it last time, but uh, seven seasons winding down national championships on the way. At last, we left uh, all of our MLR teams. Well, two of our MLR teams. Uh, we were all we were all ready to see what was going to happen. How was everything going to unfold? Couple weeks left in the season. Who who was going to come out on top? Unfortunately, it was not the HGs. Um, but you know, to be honest, we um, we went into games against. Um, LA went into game in the game against old glory and really we needed to go into LA and to win. Uh, that was, this kind of the big thing. We had a bye week um, coming off the, before the bye week we had a, had a good win. Um, but going into the bye week, we really, I think we needed to come out of that and go into LA and win. And for the first half against LA, man, I was like, okay, like we can do this 19 points on the board leading at halftime. And, and it's just, uh, I, I think penalties killed us. JP Doyle killed us. Um, a couple other things. I, <laughs> sorry. I don't like, I said it on the Austin Rugby podcast. I don't like to criticize referees, but when, when Mr. Mr. Hightower and Mr. Power on multiple occasions are like, Oh, and there's another questionable call by JP Doyle. Like, yeah, it's a, uh, it was rough. Um, you know, Austin didn't win in LA and unfortunately um, Utah scored, you know, what I said is uh, Atlanta couldn't play defense and stop Utah from scoring. Um, and so Atlanta. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Utah, Utah needed one with an Austin loss. The second to last week of the season, Utah or Austin needed Utah not to score a bonus point at all. 
like period right. Be, again against la and or atlanta you know granted it happened against la but it was a, it was a five point lead at that point right yeah so they had a five point so to keep you within a bonus point win two double bonus point win of yeah. tying them yeah and they went and got that point to get to six yes that's that's kind of what yeah so as soon as they got that six bonus point we were at five points down and through the through the crazy mathematical rules and pulling out my abacus and a chalkboard that made me look like <laughs> a, a beautiful mind I, I we had determined that austin could get would get through and go to the playoffs if austin got a, a five point win against la and a five point win against Atlanta or not Atlanta, excuse me, but old glory. And then the other scenario was Austin would get through if they lost to LA and didn't get a bonus point, but got five against old glory and Utah didn't score a single point bonus point at all for the rest of the season. And we would get through on point differential. Uh, obviously that didn't happen though. So. Uh, but we, uh, you know, we end the season, we, we lost against old glory. We ended the season um, nine and seven. Which honestly, for for to go from zero and sixteen to one and four uh, to you know to really competing for the playoffs up until the next to last week of the season, um, it was it was it was nice to see. I think a lot of us we talk about so Alex Kalpa and Alex Reese and I when we talk about it on the Austin Rugby Podcast, we we've, we've said that uh, we saw at the beginning of the season the exciting things that Sam Harris and Mark Gerard were doing. Um, the growth obviously has been phenomenal. The, the fan support has been through the roof this past season. Um, we saw the building blocks of what Sam Harris called something great in Austin. And I totally 100% agree that things are going in the right direction for us. Uh, I just thought that we were going to make the playoffs. Like I really, you, we go back to like week one and week two, where we have a one point loss, you know, to uh, or a two point loss to to Utah at home and a one point loss to San Diego at home. And it's just, Oh man, it's crushing. It was, it was pretty disappointing those two. And you go back and think about it. And that's kind of part of the parody of MLR, right? You know, we talk about it sometimes on the podcast, like the, everybody's close and uh, you miss a bonus point here, miss a bonus point there. And it costs you, you know, in the end you, you, you need to take points when you can get them. So unfortunately, you know, it was, it's not the way that a lot of us wanted the end of the season, but we're super happy with what's happened down here in Austin. And man, I, I can't, I can't sing Sam Harris and, and Mark Gerard's praises enough. I think what they're doing is pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah, I know, obviously, uh, it, shortened season COVID, whatever you want to call it. A lot of stuff has happened. They'll, they'll get their team. They're going to rebuild. I know, I know they've already been in talks with players for next season, thinking about who they want to bring on. I do know some players that will not be returning to Austin next year. Um, couple, I, I, we won't say them out. I won't say them out loud yet, but a couple of them, I'm kind of shocked and surprised. And a couple of them was like, yeah, I definitely saw that Let's one happen. Stay in Texas. Uh, well, yeah, I think you would like probably three of them to stay the three of them that I know for sure. You're like, I'd like those guys to stay in Texas. <laughs> um, but you know, for the most part, yeah, I think Austin is it's, it's on the up and up, right? I think that's, that's kind of been the big thing is everything's on the up and up and we're looking good. Um, we talked about the growth of the back, the back office, uh, for Austin has been growing and I just forgot his name. <laughs> and gravy. Uh, <laughs> Austin added a, a player, a, like a director of player personnel, um, USA Eagle, former captain, 
brain fart. Dave Hodges. Dave Hodges. Dave Hodges. <laughs> I'm sitting. I was like, his last name starts with an H, and his first name starts with a D, and I can't remember. <laughs> so Hodge, yeah. So Hodge's coming in. So that'll be interesting come draft time. But also, you know, they've been going around to the sevens tournaments, and from what I understand, a lot of the uh, the AG back office staff like sam was someone said sam was out at burr field this past weekend watching some matches um they're out watching and so uh if you're a texas rugby player and you're playing sevens and you're doing stuff you're going to be at an event and you're having mlr coaches watching you and looking to see what you can do and who knows they may see something in you you know that in two to three years you'll be a you'll be maybe lining up for the AGs or at least the academy level teams and you know that's what we kind of want to see is is kind of the growth of that sport that way I've already heard yeah, from a player who's been in contact with one of those coaches. Uh, well, hot damn. Recently. <laughs> Bring them down to Austin. Sorry, guys. No, no. Keep them up here. <laughs> uh, your coach, your coach, your coach has been in contact or? <laughs> no, no. Which one? He just wants Alex Elkins in Jackal's uniform. No, nah, he'll be he'll be in the orange, man. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a couple of guys up here who are are not well known who um who will be um hopefully will be playing for the Jackals next season. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, uh, that's that's kind of what we want to promote. You know, is the growth of the sport. Yeah, I think there there are some players around Texas who are going to be at the PR sevens as well, the Premier Rugby Sevens in Memphis. Yeah. That's that's true. Yeah. Um, I know very little about Premier Rugby Sevens, so maybe somebody else can fill me in on that one. You know, okay. I think from from the standpoint of rugby this season, I mean, this we're now getting into like this next month is the dead. Well, minus the Sevens National Championship, it's the dead month, right? There's no mm-hmm. rugby going on. Like, what do we do <laughs> around the Texas? Month, take time off from rugby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's that rick this is about the time the old boy stuff starts up so i'm I'm okay with that <laughs> oh, yeah yeah there you go so yeah. um th- th- i mean that, that's really uh, we can talk more about some austin stuff with our guests later um so kind of let you guys go on a, a little bit more since our guest is from austin <laughs> rick <laughs> so uh what you got for us what, there rick what do you got rick so um, the the biggest news for Dallas area is the fact that the Reds are sending two sides and Grand Prix Mavericks are sending a side to the National Sevens Tournament up in Washington, August 13th to 15th. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Um, I know the Reds' first side um, been winning a lot. Um, they've got some very, very talented players. Uh, their second side... Not as well known, but I know that the Reds have been, you know, doing well on the funding front, um, and so that they're able to send two teams. And I'm sure it came down to there somebody else just wasn't able to go, and the Reds uh, ponied up to send a second team. Uh, the Mavericks' first side has some excellent players, not as much depth um, at the Mavericks as with the Reds, but um, some really dynamic players on that first team. I've actually played with and coached, um, so I know those guys pretty well. Um, three team, at least two of those teams, the top teams will do some serious damage at this uh, national sevens tournament. Um, also the biggest news MLR news is that the Jackals are selling their season tickets finally. So I know there were people posting that, you know, they were selling season tickets last year, which is not true. 
they were asking for deposits for season tickets. Yes. And so uh, since I did put down a deposit at that time, um, I was included in the first round of offers to get no. season tickets. Ended up getting the first purchase. I was going to say, come on, let's not, you were in the first round. You were the first. <laughs> the very first to jackal season I was not holder. only the first, but apparently I got special treatment because everybody else I've talked to did not get the same treatment. Um, when well, if you stop bugging them so much about becoming, <laughs> you know, jacks, and you know well, that would be <laughs> Scott Sanju greeted me, um, sat down with him and talked with him while um, the season ticket sales rep uh, Jeff Ackles took uh, money out of your bank account. Did, yes, <laughs> did all my paperwork exactly. <laughs> took my money. Um, so I will be sitting in section one hundred eight or section eight as we will change the name to of course if you've been in the military or <laughs> familiar with military terminology oh that section eight is the crazies uh, so yes section eight row one seats one and two all right so there i'll be go. right there front and center for the jackals um section eight this next year <laughs> the problem we have is that we don't have a team Nope. And we don't have a head coach. We do have assistant coaches, but we do not have a head coach. My understanding is that those conversations are going on, that they've had several people um, want the position, but uh, because of um, visa issues, they would not work out. So mm -hmm. they're still on the hunt. Hopefully that will happen before the draft, but obviously we have a very good talent evaluator in Elaine Bassey who is running basically everything in terms of player personnel, um, you know, going into the draft. So not a huge concern there, but it would be nice to have a head coach there at least to uh, prop this up to say that, yes, there will be a team next year. So yeah, that's where we're at right now. I mean, you guys did have a head coach last year to say that there's going to be a team. Yeah, well, he's still in the league, <laughs> and, and he's still a head coach in MLR. He is just not with you all. Uh, no, which I understand. <laughs> uh, in Dallas news, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I believe did Grand Prairie did they move up to Division One? Yes, congratulations so that to them. Was, that was confirmed in the most recent uh, call that they would be moving up to D1. Um, I think they will not be carrying a D1B side at this time. Mm. Um, but I think the expectation is that they will very quickly uh, need to put that together. Yeah. Uh, re refresh my memory. Uh, you, you experts in Texas rugby uh, rules and regulations. If you are a D1 side, do you, are you required to have a B side as well? So that depends uh, on yeah. like we don't like HDX doesn't have one, so it's not actually required. It's it's suggested, and right. if you don't have one, you either have to have a you know you either have to have a partner club with you in the area yeah. that fills out the D two D three requirements, mm. or you have to uh, you have to uh, uh, have a plan to have a D two D three team or something like that going forward. Correct. Yeah, basically, it's to say that, um, you know, in the Maverick situation, they probably won't have one year one, but uh, they'll basically be a soft requirement for them to have one in year two. Okay. 
And you think well, as of right now, just being D1, do you think that who, who are the likely partners that they would partner with? Obviously, because they wouldn't have a, a, a D1, 2, or 3 side, D1, 2, and 3 side. So, yeah, it's and I, I'm not sure they would even call it Fort Worth anymore. It may be more of like the ULIS kind of the HEB thing, um, a combination because Fort Worth really has dropped off in, in recent years. Um, so it'll be kind of what Fort Worth used to be, which was a lot of the HEB guys, the Hearst, ULIS. Uh, well, and they guys. brought on a new coach this year, Fort Worth has. So, okay, good. Yeah, who's, who's, always, who's been a great organizer since he was in college. So, Okay, cool. I mean, that's that's good news. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it, it's it's bad that Fort Worth has not had a D one team. Um, so yeah, Mike Sexton it, it, has. Mike Sexton has ste- stepped away from triathloning to uh, get back into rugby and be a coach. He's been coaching in triathlon for a while now. Hmm. Uh, he was uh, always a very good, very capable rugby player, and as a front row player, and now he's skinny as a rail and. You know, pretty pretty smart to boot, so I think he'll do a good job up there. And uh, you didn't hear this from me, but there's this dude named Grant Cole who recruited him to rugby. Who? <laughs> Grant who? Cole, some guy, he's some idiot out of College Station. Oh, I yeah, that's right. He's got he's he's got that um, like Aggie. He's got that long. Yeah. He's got that long hair. And, yeah, yeah. And a mustache. Hold it out. In yeah. a mustache. He's got the reverse mullet. <laughs> <laughs> for the for those obviously listening who've never watched an episode, uh Grant, maybe not so much hair on top of the head, but it's all down on the chin. It's all on the chin. How it goes. I've that's got it. one chin whisker that I can stretch out and touch my belly button with. <laughs> Oh I'm man! Yeah. Sure More information from Texas Rugby Monthly. We're gonna take a short break and figure out what just happened. <laughs> oh man! And Grant, if- tell, tell us what's happening down in Houston. Well, um, so of course everybody knows by now that uh, Heineke Meyer is coming on as a, our director of rugby. Uh, like you, Rick, we don't have a coach yet. So, but uh, I know that Heineke's in town right now, and, and H is, uh, as they call him, is uh, basically going through and making you know, making determinations who's going to stay, who's going to go. Kind of thing. Is he making player deter- determinations? Is that right? Oh yeah, I mean that, that's his job. Really, is uh, making player decisions yeah. and coaches' that's, decisions. It's not a bad. Pr- By the way, for those listening who don't don't know who Heineke Meyer, is, would you like to go ahead and explain? Well, so Heineke Meyer. He he is a much celebrated coach in South Africa. Um, but if you've read his book, Seven, uh, My Notes on Life and Leadership, uh, I would, if you have it, I, I encourage you to. But if you have, then you already know that uh, he's very introspective mm. and looks in on himself. He, he, he understands his failures just as well as he understands his successes. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he's had a lot of failures, and he, he'll admit it. Uh, but he's also had some pretty huge successes, uh, taking the blue, taking the Blue Bulls to uh, be uh, Super Rugby champions three times, and you know, in an era when, after an era where they were going zero and eleven in Super Rugby, uh, and you know, got them got them from that from one place to the other. He also did a really good job uh, coaching the, the Springboks, but he'd been on the Springbok coaching coaching trail for years before that as the forwards coach as well. Yeah. 
he had a spot, a, a stint at Leicester that was cut short because of some family illnesses that he had to go tend to in South Africa. And he also had a, a stint recently at Stade Francais uh, that was marred by what can only be described as a player rebellion. Yeah. And the player rebellion was more so against the organization than it was the coach. Yeah. But he'd obviously lost locker room there. And, and uh, you know, he just decided that if they're not going to give him 100%, he can't give them 100%. And, you know, it's no, no reason to stay on. Yeah. So it was a, that was a, you know, a conflicting issue for him, but uh, he, he came through it pretty well, you know, spent the year thinking about it, writing this book. And uh, now he's uh, going to join us as a director of rugby, which is good. He's going to handle that GM DOR role where all the, all the player stuff really is going to go through him. Yeah. And, uh, and all the who's, who's hired on his coaches are going to go through him. So, you know, my, my little volunteer stand as a team manager with HTX will probably be, you know, up for consideration, you know, am I doing the right job? So we'll see about that coming. coming oh, through short. I and, think you're doing a swell oh, job. Grant. What? I think you're doing a swell job, Grant. Well, well, I, I'm doing a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, so, so needless to say, he's, he's got a bit of credentials. Yeah. So, uh, you know, moving on from that, you know, HTX is, uh, has, continued on this summer taking in some players from Minnesota and in uh, Alex Malin and Andy Vasala. Alex has returned to Minnesota already he had a short stint, but Andy stayed on and really been a standout player. Uh, he's, I mean, if you're going to go play against Minnesota in college rugby, you need to have a plan for Andy Vasala. Basically. Mm. Um, he is uh, very much in the, in the Danny Barrett role as a player. Mm. Take, and, take uh, big 10 teams. Yeah, well, they're not the Big Ten anymore. Oh, Minnesota, really? And yeah, Minnesota's not in the Big Ten anymore. Travel is just too expensive. Oh, I bet. Um, so, and Cam Wilmer from uh, University of San Diego's come in. He's a Canadian. Uh, big, tall, lanky guy. Plays lock. Runs fast. Has a lot of good skills. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me down the road to see uh, uh, Toronto pick up Cam Wilmer on their squad. Hmm. He, he is. He he's good enough. He can. I mean. He projects to be a lock in the MLR, and he's good enough to do so. So, so and we've we've had a interesting summer. We've uh, not done so well in a couple places and done better in other places. But uh, uh, we've got Horseshoe Sevens coming up. Um, we had uh, last weekend. We had three Saber Cats on our team uh, in uh, Taylor Howden, Zach Pangin, Pangelinen, and uh, Max Tackett. Yeah, and we. And we, you know, there are quite a few other Saber Cats out to support them at Burfield. So it's pretty nice little atmosphere with all of those players and all the HDX players as well working together. And so we've got Horseshoe Sevens coming up in two weeks, uh, two weekends. And then after that, we are taking team to Seattle for uh, Club Sevens Festival. Mm -hmm. And then after that, Taylor is taking a team to Rugby Town. And a lot of the guys who go with him to uh to seattle are going with him to rugby town interesting so so yeah it's a pretty full summer for hdx and then you know just looking at the total of sevens uh it's been a real battle between huns one and reds one they, they uh, battle they really have battled it out this year like yeah. and, and the huns are at the top and reds are I mean, you can look at the point differential and tell that Reds are right there next to him. Yeah. It's just that uh, Adam Scheidler is whatever he's doing in Austin. 
is making uh, is is making amends for what they've done in the last few years, and he's really got them on the up and up. So that's that's good stuff. I think he's got a magic cauldron. Hey, I talked to we Adam. Mentioned this yet? <laughs> we haven't mentioned this yet, guys. But the biggest news I was just out of Texas to... <laughs> was Cat Roche. I, I, literally, I, 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 I literally was getting ready to say that. I was Are you there. kidding me? <laughs> Cat Roche from the, the USA, show? man. Remember? Awesome. Yep. Our second yeah. guest ever on Texas Rugby Monthly, Cat Roche, who everybody loves uh, as as a as an AR, but now. Well, not and, everybody. And, I mean, there well, are people and, in Texas that don't like her. Well, they can <laughs> solder off for all I care. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Thank you. <laughs> What's that? I'm glad you said that. Thought, Thank you. Yeah. I thought I, she did a very commendable job. I did not see anything in that match that that threw me for a loop as far as refing went. No. But she was awesome. She, I, yeah, Cat was, Kat was well, great. I think I, standing up to begin with, and she said, I know you guys are trying to test me. And that was the, one of the funniest things, like the whole time, smile on her face, calling a penalty. I, I love that. Uh, like, Giving the card. Yeah, no I, I, I wanted, I wanted, I was like, someone get a red. I really want to see a red. <laughs> well, and, you know, she did something in that game that uh, any young referee needs to pay attention to. And that she was extremely c- communicative. Absolutely. Not only with her voice, but with the, if you listen to her whist- whistles, she has a whistle for a penalty, a whistle for a knock on, a whistle for a try, and they all sound differently. Yeah. So there's, it's very clear on the field what has happened. So yeah. if there's a, if there's a knock on, there's a slider with whistle, and you know, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's not as important as a penalty. Yeah. Right. If there's an angry whistle that you're going to hear from her. That is, I mean, and it's angry, and she's about to give a card. You know from the whistle. Yeah, if you've been if you've been around, listen to her. So, but her, then our arm signals are also very crisp, very easy to understand, and her talk whistle signal talk is clear enough to where there doesn't have to be a lot of uh, interpretation or her explaining what she's calling. Yeah, she wasn't just she wasn't just good with the players though. I thought her communication with her ARs was phenomenal. Yeah. For a first-time ref to think than, about all those things, than some, that's for sure. ARs, yeah. I, I yeah. thought it was fantastic, and and that's something they're they're asking these refs to do a lot more of is take a breath. It's, it's your great. time. Take your time. Totally. Over. If all you're doing is walking over to take a breath and get your breath back, that's fine. And then make sure you're talking about, you know, something, or it looks like you're talking about something, even if you're not. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, no, and that's, 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 that's a good yeah. point. Like you can just, Hey, I'm coming over just to say, Hey, <laughs> I mean, Hey, players, players hey, go, go down and, and wait for the magic, the magic spray to come out. Right. The magic cold spray. That's, so yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> why shouldn't you go over and talk to their ARs? Right. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. She did a really good job of, uh, of facilitating that match. I mean, she didn't really have to manage it. She facilitated it. She understood yeah. the context of the match, you know, what it was, what these two teams were trying to do. And, you know, for the most part, let them play on. Yeah. And I think the penalty count was somewhere around 15 or 16. Yeah. You, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's she, not bad. <laughs> she solidified her position as an MLR ref going forward. I think Absolutely. So. Uh, well, yeah. In the minds of fans. Yes. I'm not sure if JK feels that way, but. You know, I, I definitely feel that way. 
Yeah. So are, are we biased as Texas rugby? <laughs> Let's say are, that we are, are. Are we biased because she was a guest on the podcast? Are we biased yeah. because she is an awesome person? She lives here in Austin, did live up in Dallas. Uh, yeah, you're damn right. We are. <laughs> so JK, if you're listening, I know you probably aren't, uh, but if you are listening, get, get her, get her in the, get her in the middle hey, more, hey, more times Austin, next year. We have a guest been sitting waiting patiently for us he has been sitting waiting patiently we should we probably we should, we should probably get to him let's let him on i mean we can talk to him we can let him sit there he can just sit around he's got a whole lot of orange on which <laughs> i really really love what's that let's bring him on let's bring him on we'll bring him on right after this break All right, welcome back, Texas Rugby fans, from that very nice advertisement that you got uh, promoting the Rugby for Texas shirts that you see here if you're watching. Uh, all proceeds going to charity, which we also love. Grant has his, right, Grant? I have mine. Do you have yours? I have T-shirts. I don't know. I've got some T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I love T-shirt. I love T-shirt. Uh, Rick, I, Ray, I literally spent over five hundred dollars on on shirts and kit this year so far. Holy shit! Okay. Uh, I, I do know that Rick up there in uh, the great city of Dallas, the Big D, as they call it, he definitely has his. Uh, has his Gilgroniac gear too. I have a Gilgroniac shirt in my closet. I've Atta worn boy. it. I walk. That's a at a boy. Only at six thirty a.m. in the morning, so nobody notices. Oh, whatever. That's I sport that orange. Uh, the other person who sports the orange, of course, is our guest this month. None other, none other, none other, none other than no, than the great Connor Mooneyham. <laughs> none other than Connor Mooneyham himself, the number one draft twice in Major League Rugby, the only professional athlete ever to be drafted first in the same season <laughs> and two I different drafts that's going to be a lasting it'll be the you know, record i don't think anybody's going to ever break that i don't think anybody ever breaks it and i sure hope it doesn't but hey connor welcome to coronavirus comes back. what's that yeah what's up guys <laughs> Cor- said, unless coronavirus comes back yeah you hush your mouth right now i will pick you off <laughs> yeah. of the show you just jinxed us <laughs> yeah, yeah i will, I will. Yeah, he's a Booker T type T-shirt going two times, two times. <laughs> uh, Connor, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate you joining us and having a good time and just uh, talking some rugby. For sure, oh, yeah, awesome. happy to be here, guys. Appreciate it. So, well, I got a breakout question for you. Icebreaker in this, in this past season, what player tackled you with the most ferocity? <laughs> What player tackled me with the most ferocity? Oh, man. Right out of the gate on this one. Hold Probably on. my own teammate, uh, Don Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, no. Was this in a game or was this in practice? This is practice. I've heard about this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You have the story? Okay. Um, go for it. I mean, in, in LA, we decided to go full go um, in practice. And I was kind of, I caught a high ball. And Dom was coming downfield full steam, and he uh, he got me pretty good. <laughs> so Dom coming full steam is no, yeah, that's a nightmare for most. Yeah, it's no joke. Uh, Didn't feel I mean, great. Okay, Ali Khalifa probably can take it, but I mean, he, he you know, <laughs> man, I don't know. You didn't get hit by Dicky Dicky Lottie. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did get hit by him as well. 
Oh, but not as hard as Don Bailey. Oh, <laughs> That's all right. We know the guys in Houston don't hit very hard. I so. heard it hit when I was down in Houston from Dickie Dickie. Yeah. The the other the other winger for for Houston, the other Fijian, he got me pretty good at home, oh, Austin. Malakana. Malakana. Yeah. Yeah, he gave me a little bump. Yeah. Give me a little bump ski. Uh what do you feel is we was your best hit all season? As I'm thinking of one in particular. Uh, probably the one against Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, it was redemption for the, uh, the late or sorry, the, the high tackle, the early and high tackle that on Kurt that he had. And then literally like a minute and a half later, God laid him out. So I, I wish right. you guys could hear the audio on that too, because I was in the stands. Like, I heard it. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, when I, afterwards, I was uh, like, Curdy, I got you back, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Good for you. Good, good times. Well, hey, uh, Connor, uh, you got a lot of distinctions. This is year one is now wrapped up. Um, it started off pretty crazy. Let's let's go back one year as you're getting ready. As we, we talked about it on the Austin Rugby podcast. Uh, and you know I had to talk about it because, well, <laughs> sorry, Rick. <laughs> Um, we talked about it. You were, you were in, <laughs> sorry for those of you uh, listening, Rick is just sulking right now because Connor was the first ever draftee um, in, in major league rugby and drafted to none other than the Dallas Jackals. Hey, wait a minute. Not only that, but I actually had him in my mock draft. I had Cam Dodson going number one to Dallas and then Connor going number in their sec with their second pick, the Jackals taking Connor. And so I actually had three correct out of the four picks that Dallas took outside of Cam Dodson. Yeah. Um, so Which went to Austin, by the way. To be like, oh my God, we're gonna have we're gonna have one of the best wings in the league who could also come in and play 10 in a pinch. Oh, it's gonna be amazing. Connor, you, you gonna to play Austin. 10 in a pinch? Connor, I don't think I'm taking Max spot anytime soon, or even Will, or even Kurt. You know, I mean, they're they're definitely better tens than me. But uh, going back to that draft, it is pretty funny because I did see that post, Rick, um, when you made that little mock post, and I already knew I was going to Dallas number one. <laughs> I had known for months actually, <laughs> so I looked at it and I was just like, well, I guess I mean he knows I'm going there, so that's good. Um, yeah, it was, it's been hectic. It's been wild. I mean, I'm happy with how things have, have panned out, you know, staying in Texas, um, staying close to home. Um, I can get you home. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's, Houston. he's <laughs> he is, home. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll pay for the transport, man. I'll, I'll come get you. <laughs> and I will, and I'm, I will lay down strips of, barbed wire to pop your tires before you <laughs> I love it isn't it great that like we're all fighting over to make sure that uh Connor you stay in Austin and don't go to other places in the future yeah my, my, first, my, first, are... thing, my first thing to say to H was uh bring Connor Mooneyhan and John Ryberg home to Houston <laughs> John, Johnny thighs yeah there you go two wingers the duo. there you go well, I mean so Connor I mean you you talked about it um, you know, on the podcast last time, like it, it was a bit crazy, right? To to be ready to to move up there because you were you were in Dallas, were you not? No, or you so you, had, you had just gotten close to moving into Dallas, like to moving yeah, Dallas. You come back on to Houston and loaded up the U-Haul, <laughs> and then, and then uh, yeah, we got the we got the email. 
Yeah. It was, it was weird. Like everything about it was just like super weird. I was at the hospital actually when I got the email because my mom was having her appendix removed. So it was like, like literally everything that was happening was just weird in my life. I don't know. That, that is a whole different level. Chaotic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crazy. And then, you know, you, you come down to Austin and, you know, Sam calls you up and obviously it was you know, pretty easy, I, I guess, a pretty easy choice. Say, okay, well, we're just going to turn left now and go, go over to Austin. This, this season for you guys, uh, and I, I alluded to it um, early in the podcast and talking about from a fan's perspective, somebody who's been here since the beginning and saying the, what we're building in Austin and what Sam and Mark are building in Austin is, is really, I think something special. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I assume that you feel the same way, excited to come back for the next couple of seasons. Um, are you allowed to say how many years you have on your contract with us or did you sign an extension with us? Yeah. So uh contract is actually in negotiations right now. Um, Good. So get it. Signed, planning, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> planning <laughs> on staying here. Um, but yeah, the culture is awesome. That's, that's one thing that kind of drew me here. I, uh, I don't know if I told you about the process of me calling every single coach in the league, except for, you know, a few teams after <laughs> I realized that I was going to be dropped from Dallas. Um, so that was like, Austin was one of the places that didn't really give me any assurance at all. There were some teams that were like, yeah, we'll pick you up straight away. If, if, you know, we have your pick and Sam was like, I can't give you a yes or a no. <laughs> so I was like, he's, okay. So he, was holding all his car, he was holding all his cards and just, yeah, yeah, he was like the least transparent one, which is funny. Cause that's like, not like him that's at not, all. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, like open him about everything. Yeah. Very open. Yeah. So that was, uh, you know, me and my wife were just kind of sweating bullets for a few days waiting on what was going to happen. But, uh, yeah, like you said, it was, it was easy to just come over here. A, what? Two and a half hour drive up to Austin. Austin's yep. been good to us. So it's only it's only two and a half more hours north to come back to Dallas. You can't get just in case. <laughs> it's, it's funny, we have a player, Brendan Rams, Ramsey. He uh he lives in Dallas. Oh yeah. And he and he, he was and he comes down here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he comes down here. So. He, he, know, he knows where to go. <laughs> like Mikey too. Well, Mikey actually, I mean, didn't play with us. I mean, he's up there with you guys. So he's, he's open for uh selection. Uh, yeah, yeah I already got, you, you already know what's happened with that. So Rick, can you tell I, us any more details about, about Dallas for next year? I mean, I know you're, you're a season pass holder. Like you I love that Connor is like taking, like asking the questions now. So now I'd like Connor. Are go they still it. in the same stadium? <laughs> like, is it still so, live? Yeah. Yeah, so I got my season tickets uh, front row uh, for uh, Globe Life Park. It's going to be at the big old Ranger Stadium, uh, the way cool. they set it up for the uh, for XFL. Um, and uh, currently, they're in talks with coaches. Um, Nessie is still here, uh, Malifa, and uh, there are two other assistant coaches who I don't think I can name because I don't think they're officially signed. Because you're one of them. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> no, no, Connor. Well, we're you know that Rick has applied multiple times to be Jack. He he wants to be. My the resume's best guy. over there, and yeah. they just you know not no interest. Oh no, they, they know guess. where it's at. It's in that trash can that's right next to the. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Elaine knows me too well. So yeah. unfortunately, but I love Elaine. Elaine is still obviously around. 
and um she will she be had a kid recently draft. yeah she had her second child recently um and her uh husband was the uh head coach director of rugby the harlequins who was my club as i grew up in rugby and uh so they're, they're still there they're still working um i know that all the admin uh ownership group is still there uh, but, um, you know, until they get that head coach to me, there's still questions, obviously. So they will be a part of the draft. So, so, so Connor, you said your contract's in negotiation right now, and I want to ask you about that, but I'm curious if we're going to see you at PR sevens. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I kind of like fell off the sevens grid after I went to Argentina for some reason. <laughs> Um, well, and I, but I think I think Clifton and Tolks would be uh, remiss in not asking you on there. So, you know, I'm just saying that right now so they can hear. They can hear. Um, <laughs> and make sure they know. And if not, I'm just yeah, yeah. So, Are there any stipulations in the MLR contract that says you can't compete in other rugby competitions um, outside of season? That's a good question. You just have to sign a player release form and then – it has to be signed by you, I think the team manager, and then the head coach. So everyone basically has to be notified that you're going to be going to play somewhere. You think about what happened right. with, uh, with the with the ten series, with the World Ten Series, right? Like because there, there were there were there were it's, it's the yeah, same. everyone was everybody. God, it, yeah. it was it was pretty much MLR tens for the most part, and a couple other guys. Yeah. Like, um, hey, not a bad idea. Yeah, it is. Tens is terrible. <laughs> I tens, enjoyed it. I, I thought is, it was a great tens is terrible. Sorry. I, I really thought my favorite part of the, it. the kickers took the conversions from where they, where they took the conversions from. Well, I mean, but that yeah, just left it. If you had a, if you had a guy with a month, if you had like a Will McGee with a monster boot who can kick or from Connor 50, Mooneyham. or Connor Mooneyham who can kick, goal kick <laughs> from 50. Connor has your goal kicking ability from 50 out on a, on an angle. Uh, not great anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and look, he, and he's kicking Norath and Mason. I mean, yeah, it's a tough competition down there. What What's 100%. it like going from, from where you're the where you're the man that's looked at, and then you walk in and you've got Morath and Mason and and a couple of other of those guys and, and McGee there. Maggie. Oh, it's great. I mean, I learn a lot every single practice, and the guy that teaches the most about kicking is Mark. Mark Gerard, like he's the best kicker out there. He, really? is, he's yeah, he's he's probably better than anyone on our team. He's just launching it, always just messing around with the boys, trying to do kicking competitions and smoking us. He's he talking smack a, the whole time, which is hilarious for somebody who hasn't played in a few years. He has a monster. He's got a cannon for a leg. And you think like, he wasn't even the kicker? Like he wasn't the kicker for the Wallabies or the Brumbies when he was there. Like. <laughs> Yeah. he has a boot yeah it's insane if you, there's some there's some video online if you can go like from practice and stuff that you can go watch or not so he's always trying to kick 60 meter drop goals every practice <laughs> and he does hit them sometimes yeah that's ridiculous i was waiting for the day where it was like if we didn't get some people to sign like is mark gonna lace up again and the answer is no he's not <laughs> or, sam. or sam yeah sam sam's, sam's 42 43 something like that so uh so let's let's talk about your season right i, I am here like the highs and lows right as most rugby players yeah, have missed out on all those tough seasons in austin <laughs> yeah. did. those seasons where we had a team and somebody Thanks, else didn't 
<laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, I mean, I mean obviously, uh, what I'm kind of curious about is what I mean. Obviously, we know not making the playoffs. We I I alluded to it at the begin. I talked about the beginning of the podcast is like it's hard like for us as fans like for those that were so in, in embedded and like knew what was going on, knew the players that were signing at the beginning of the season. I'm like, Oh, we're making playoffs with this squad. Like this is exciting. And you know, we're young, we're, we're fast. We've got this really cool dynamic and then, you know, th- not making it, that was disappointing for us. But were there any points in, in the season this year for you that you like, were just like an all time, like, man, like I'm at a really big high. And then like, what were like really low points? And we can, like in, in your mind, like I have things that I think would be low points, but I don't know if it's the same for you as, as they are for, for everybody else who's a fan. Yeah. So probably the, the all time high was, you know, getting that starting Jersey on the first game, you know, right out of the gate. That was yeah. one of my big goals was to come into the MLR and try to get a starting Jersey right out, you know, right off the bat. That was probably my biggest high. Um, and then that just carried into the first few games. And then my lows would definitely be my concussions. Um, you know, the first one was pretty bad. I uh, don't really remember much. I just woke up in the hospital and I was like, what is happening? Um, second is, that the, one, is that the Rooney one? Yeah, the one against yeah, Rooney. I was, there, I was there for that one, Connor. I saw you um, kind of uh, as you got onto the um, the golf cart to go to the, the ambulance um, to said, you know, good good luck with that. But, I mean, yeah, I could tell that. Someone right. You were were talking to a ghost at that time. I don't remember any of those interactions. I don't remember getting on a golf cart. Um, I kind of lost like nine hours of my life and I haven't ever gotten it back, which is nice because I don't want to get it back. I don't want to relive any of those memories. I just kind of move on. Um, And it's not like, it's not like me to come back and be like tentative again. So I'm, I'm always going to just kind of fly around and be aggressive. That's the way I play. And you know, the same thing happened in San Diego the day before I was meant to go with the USA squad out to the UK. So that was probably the lowest point. That was my, that's what I was kind of thinking about. Yeah. But there's, you know, there's a lot of things that happened. Um, a lot of coincidences and a lot of good things that kind of happened out of that as well. Cause my mom and my wife were there and my grandparents were there. So I got to spend some extra time with them in San Diego. That's nice. The, the club really took care of me. They, um, they put me on the same flight as my mom and my, and my wife back home. So like there were some good things out of that. And, you know, I obviously my head and my body needed that break. And, you know, I came back and, and Sammy approached me after that game because I could have been cleared and I, I was on the road to being cleared to play against LA. Yeah. And we, we all kind of, as a collective, we all kind of decided that it would have been best for me just to, to kind of sit out. And cause if I would have got a third concussion, in the span of two and a half months that, you know, that's detrimental to my life in general. Yeah. Like, you, you know, you got to think from your perspective as a player and then you got to think from the perspective as, you know, like a family man, my other work, you know, other things, real life. <laughs> your other job as a, as a husband. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Family, it's a full-time you know? job. It's full-time. It's even, it's, right. du- it's double full time. So. I, I quit that. I quit that job too after seven years. <laughs> so it's actually, yeah, they I mean, fired me. They fired you. Yeah. So regardless, um, like, yeah, just a lot of like a lot of inconveniences in, in that aspect with what happened in San Diego. Cause it was my one year anniversary with my wife as well. And, you know, I don't want to worry her oh, with yeah. me getting concussed on that day. 
So just a lot was going through my mind and it kind of put me not really in a funk, but like, just like, man, what could I have done differently in my tackle tech? You know, you, you start to think about scenarios, but yeah. I'm a believer that everything happens for a reason and, you know, more opportunities should be on the way for me in the future. So okay. that's something yeah, I look no forward doubt. to. I have no doubt USA is going to be, you know, coming calling again. Um, you know, are you, are you thinking you've got an opportunity here for fall internationals or is it going to be a wait until uh, the beginning of next year? Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah. Right now I, a lot of the guys are taking time off because season just ended. So we're taking like two weeks off from, from gymming and just kind of relaxing, letting our body Keep. rehab from, from the big, yeah, from the big season. Um, and for me, this will be like, my fifth week now because I have been rehabbing already since San Diego. Um, and so every day I'm, I'm taking it day by day, seeing how I feel. And if that call does happen, you know, in the future, if Come I do on, feel Gary. okay, if I do feel okay, <laughs> then, you know, obviously I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't, I mean, getting your first camp against uh, a team like the All Blacks. Blacks. <laughs> that, indeed. That wouldn't be too shabby, right? <laughs> I would, I'd, I'd take that as a, as a good, as a good cap for everybody. So uh, nice. Yeah, Gary, right. get get, on the phone. Get on the phone, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> so Connor, there's a rumor about you. Oh. Uh-oh. And because you look like him, because you kind of play like him, there are people out there, or play like he played. There are people like out there that think that you're related to Paul Emmerich, like you're his little brother. Is that true? No. <laughs> Young Paul. <laughs> Paul's a great player. Paul. Um, I I personally don't know if I like being compared to anybody else because I feel like I play my own game. Um, I said a lot. I do, like know. That. <laughs> I do, I do have a lot of respect for Paul. Um, he is a great player, was a great player, great coach. Um, so, yeah, being compared to him is not bad. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's That's talk about – really. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, what, what I want to talk about also with you, Connor, is is kind of the we, – we alluded to it at the beginning, the draft and things coming up. Obviously, today on social media, you, you just actually posted stuff about those who are interested in the draft. What I'm curious from you, you know, this is year one, done and dusted. You are now a, a seasoned MLR veteran. You've played in a quarter of the total. You, you've played in one quarter of the total MLR seasons in existence. Yeah, you played one rookie of the year awards for the AG. Uh, yes, that, taking my thunder, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I did, I did vote for Connor as rookie of the year, even though he missed, you know, quite a bit of the season. I thought the impact on the field when he was playing was better than any of the other rookies. It's, it's, it's hard to define. I, I was like, I, I, I actually forgot to vote, so that was my fault. <laughs> uh, but what I find it what I find it hard to do is I didn't even know there was voting. I didn't know there to was. To be honest, <laughs> I didn't until the very end. But, but like, what, what? Who's a rookie? Is it somebody who's been who's first year in MLR? Because there's a lot of rookies on the team. Then, like, right, like right. Mac Mason's a rookie. Uh, Sebastian Deschamps is a rookie. But it's like, or is it like first year professional rugby? So that's, yeah, that's what I, I was saying. It's first year professional. Player. That's what, that's what I said. Somebody's like, well, I mean, technically, I'm like, well technicalities whatever anyway going back to it right so this is your first season 
What do you say to those guys now who are literally tonight signing all the information, filling out their contact forms, submitting all of the you know, people here in Texas? I'm sure there's quite a few people putting their name, like putting my hand up, put my name in the hat, come on MLR, I'm ready to go. What do you say to those guys about the experience of the draft and then the experience and knowing, you know, it's not easy to get to professional sports in any sport but about, about what it takes and, and what it's what it's meant to you in this past year. And there might be changes of where you end up, even if you're. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I'd say that it's attainable for a lot of these kids that probably don't think that it is attainable. Um, you know, I have probably told this story a lot. I entered in kind of a hodgepodge highlight reel of my last two seasons in, in college. I probably could have put in other things and left out some of the seven stuff that I put in my highlight reel. And cause I didn't realize that that was going to be the main driver for a lot of these coaches. That was like a lot of these coaches are foreign, so they don't know, you know, American collegiate rugby. So they're going to be looking at those highlight tapes to try to get who you are as a player in a person. So it kind of makes a big difference, but as I was saying earlier on social media, um, there are other outlets, you know, the rugby showcase is putting on a clinic up in, in the Northern part of America, which is sweet. Um, for the Northern part of America. Grouping the players up there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's still cool. It's, it's awesome for these, these young guys to get that opportunity and that exposure that they wouldn't be getting elsewhere. And, you know, for me, entering the draft, it wasn't like the top thing on my, on my list. You know, it wasn't like the, on my, out of my priorities, it was like, okay, I'm going to marry this girl. I need to find a, like a big boy job. You know, I'm getting out of college. I need to get my degree. And then I have this draft on, on the, you know, on the side almost, but the way things have panned out and, you know, if I would have taken it even more serious, you know, I don't know how much better it could have gone for me, but <laughs> you were number one. I don't think <laughs> regardless, you know, I, I know not that, a negative uh, position in the draft. <laughs> I know that the talent levels are only going to go up every year and, and more people are going to enter into the draft. So it's going to get more competitive. So these people need to take it more seriously. Yeah. And I think one of the big things, and I'm sure Grant will attest to this, those uh, there's only going to be three rounds of the draft, right? So right. Know, 13 teams, 13, Everybody's like, oh, who's going to be there? Why is it going to be uneven? As of right now, it's only going to be 13 next season. People just deal with it. Sorry. Yeah. There, there is a 14 yeah, team that team is very far along, but there's no confirmation yet. I know. I know. As, that's what I'm saying. As of right now, there's 13. Can we release that information? As of right now, there's 12 teams. True. If yeah. I guess a random city and go for like, it, Connor, I don't care. Is it Chicago? Chicago has the best chance of being the next one in. They're the, they're the closest ones. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Which nice. it's, 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 I will say, yeah. It's not a big surprise. Like, cool. Chicago has literally been, uh, MLR needs a team in the Midwest. Hard stop. Like, like well, there were about a potential Ohio team, but um, yeah. the money side is, is still a long way away. Yeah. Chicago is the closest one to it. Dallas, 
they 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 have been admitted. Money's in, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the money's in because Rick Collins has paid his season tickets, yeah. and that's how they're they're taking season tickets for the boys. That's that's why they needed season ticket holders. Why don't I have an ownership stake? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You need ownership stake in ownership. But to to go back, to what I was saying, like three rounds of the draft, thirteen teams. You can do the math. That's 39 players as of right now. If we added 14, we add three more. Again, this isn't math class, people. There's a ton of people entering the draft. Um, you know, someone was talking there that three, there were close to 300, I believe, that's for what I'm saying. last year's draft. And I guarantee it's only be higher. would be close to 600. 600. So do the math on that. Not everybody's going to get in, but what it's going to do is it's going to get everybody who is on this draft board or in this draft pool, it's going to give them exposure to, yes. you know, you're, you may not get drafted, but you may get a call from somebody that mm-hmm. says, Hey, we didn't draft you, but we, Hey, would you be interested in coming down to Austin or to Houston or to Dallas or anywhere and playing with rugby HTX playing with the Austin outlaws, you know, again, trying to develop and build the teams. The goal is like, come to Texas, play the rugby, and hope to you know, get a pathway to the next team. So I think that's one of the big things for these high school, these college players that are entering the draft right now, you know, there's opportunity outside of just being drafted. Also, and I think what you mentioned put six teams, put six players in the MLR this year. There you go. I can't believe you didn't talk about that earlier too. So I was just waiting. Congratulations, <laughs> rugby HTX. So I think also you, you think about the development teams that are being required for these these um, you know MLR teams to have. Um, that's going to add that many more positions uh, for those players to fill. It's not just that you're going to get a drafted player or we're going to pick somebody out from non-draft pool to get in and play on the professional team. We've also got a development team that we can fill with players that you know don't get drafted. Um, but Connor, I had one one question for you. There's a lot of kids who you know it, it's not super easy to let's say you're in New York, pick up and move to uh, L.A. for example. Um, you know, what is that journey like? You, you didn't have that long a travel, obviously. <laughs> But in terms of like making that decision to pick up and move, um, what would you say to those kids who are like, they're concerned like, oh, I'm going to pick up and move and then maybe I'm not going to have a job in a year. Like what, what does it meant to you playing in MLR this season that you could say, you know, whatever it is you want to say to those players? Yeah, I'd say do it. Um, especially because most of these guys are really young. And there's not much to lose. It's like, and, and you're going to a cool city regardless. And you're going to a cool atmosphere. And you're going to a team that's going to welcome you in no matter where you go. I know that the rugby culture is like that anywhere you go. And even after the games, you know, in the, in the MLR, you're going to go up to the other teams and congratulate them and say, what's up? Like, hey, I've been watching you for years. Or, hey, like, I, I actually wanted to meet you. And everybody's really cool about it. So the culture is going to be sweet in the – and, you know, the clubs will will help you out as well, or they should help you out for the travel expenses. Um, at least that's how it was for me. And, and you can make a case for yourself, especially if you're in New York trying to go to L.A. or And these coaches, these coaches do take it into consideration of, you know, where you're living and, and how your situation differs from, from other players that may be living closer to them. 
that's pretty awesome i mean i think it's so i heard just do it just just go just do it. Yeah, yeah right if you know what we should brand that no one no one's ever done that nobody's ever used I've that never heard that phrase never heard that phrase at all before um yeah i think as uh, as the marketing guy i'm pretty sure we'll be good no, tra- no, no patent or trademark infringements on that at all. I'm just gonna go ahead and back out. <laughs> just, just put a comma in there somewhere. Yeah, just do mm-hmm. dot 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 some ellipses just at the dot, end. Dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. Do it with uh, two T's. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Rule thirty four is coming into play here. We're getting too close. I, I was just gonna stop. I was just gonna stop us on that one. Um, you know, yeah, obviously, we're done, we're done. as as we as we kind of wrap up here with you kind of like we talk about the things of you know highs and lows this season talked about you know what it's meant to you what it's meant to players if you could go back and and change one thing or one thing you did as a college athlete or as a youth athlete moving up into rugby to help better yourself now Mm. what would you have done Uh, that's right asking the hard a, questions being a life i probably should have taken more time to work with some of the guys that are making it huge right now well not making it i mean yeah making it huge like just some of like the, the better players the more veteran guys especially as a freshman coming in i had a lot of people at my disposal that yeah. i probably didn't take advantage of you know i had aj mcginty like walking around right next to us, you know, mm-hmm. like living, living with us as, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Cody Melfi and, you know, some mm. of these, these bigger name guys that were Legends. on our teams that we probably, you know, I probably could have utilized their knowledge and their skills a little bit more. At least when I was younger, you know, I tried to, I tried to take advantage of what, what was around me as I got older, but, you know, as an incoming freshman and, you know, throughout my sophomore year as well, I probably could have used that that information. And now you get to mentor the next generation of athletes. I, I, I think that's literally why we all are in the position we are now is, you know, now that I've gotten into coaching, um, it was because I didn't take advantage of, you know, those smarter people than I was when I got into rugby. And I'm like, I want to make sure that I give back and I, make sure that these kids have an opportunity to learn as much as they can um, because I didn't do that. So I, I take initiative with my players to make sure that they have an opportunity to do that because it, it's difficult when you're a freshman coming into college or in high school for that matter. to like, think ahead. I mean, there's just no way. When you're in high school and college, you don't think. Come on, man. Jeez. You just real. do. They just, just do. Oh, it. We're, coming, we're coming back to, coming back to the, the slogan again. Ah. Grant. Can't do that, Grant. You got, you got any, I, I finished my whiskey, so that's no more questions for comments. No more right. questions for you. Grant, what are you thinking, man? Like, Anything uh, remaining for yeah. Mr. Mooneyham? We're gonna we're gonna be not safe for work. What's what I'm <laughs> Shit, we're already not. We already have a, a, ex, a explicit uh, content on on the title anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So <laughs> just do eat. <laughs> <Go ahead>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Hey Connor, we 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 do we uh, any last Connor any last words for you? Like anything that you've 
would like to say to your fans, your family listening, uh, Texas is, is, is your home. Uh, people, people love you here, uh, whether they're out in Dallas or your family in Houston, or of course now your new family here in Austin. Any, any, anything you want to say to those who listen and watch? Yeah. Just say what's up. Um, <laughs> hey guys. <and> next, yeah, <laughs> next season, you know, let's, let's fill that stadium. Yeah. Let's fill bold stadium. Yeah. I know that by the end of the season, we were really getting a lot of, a lot of fans out there and it was, it was pretty hectic. Actually. It was pretty sweet. Like feeling that presence, especially that last game against Toronto when we were almost sold out. Like it, it felt right. nice. Three, 3000 something people sitting up cheering the greatest try in MLR history. Sorry, Connor, Lerome white full sp- Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 100% I agree with you yeah Lerome white lightning he's got gas how he, he is, how he sorry how he didn't even get didn't even get recognized for a try of the week it wasn't even in the top five I wanted to like smack everybody at MLR and the rugby network for not knowing anything so <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I no comment on that exactly right <laughs> I, you know no I feel you he can't yeah, speak against oh, yeah. MLR can't speak, they, they show, can't speak against his the top five tries of the year contract side I don't yeah Wait, yeah. So again, wait. When did they show the top five, top five tries of the year? Go look on their Instagram and yeah, uh, just today. Oh, I, I think it was. Yeah, it was like the other day, or maybe even today. They showed the top five tries of the year, and they're probably all garbage. <laughs> no, no, they're good tries. They're good tries. I love Cotter's like. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna. Say, there's obviously some bias coming from the big people. Yeah. The office. What's that? No, the number one try was actually very good. The Utah try against us. Yeah, that was um, a good one. In yes. Utah, that was a great try. It was. Yeah. It was a great try. That. that I, I'm, not, I'm not salty that that's on there. I'm just. You know, there were some other ones throughout the season. Larome's try was try of the year. Absolutely. Well, try is so good. It was so, <laughs> so good. Like literally just jets. Like uh, yeah. I, I, I talked with, uh, with Simon Thomas, who was, who's as Connor, he's in charge of performance. He said he literally clocked in the fastest speed of the game. He did on that. Wow. Like, yeah. yeah like an 8. 8.7. 8.7. Yeah. He was I, I talked to him. I talked to him the following weekend. He said he was so out of gas at 22 meters. Oh yeah. He was done. He, he, mentally he was just pushing himself he wasn't going to slow down wasn't going to he didn't care about gas anymore he was just going to get in there that's why he, that's why he, Houston. yeah exactly and that was that was one of the reasons like we talked about it on the podcast alex uh, Kappa and i it's because the came on early for for patty i think who got hurt and then so Larome had done, he had been scrummaging he had been playing and then like 40 minutes in like, then he breaks away and of course he was effing tired <laughs> <laughs> forwards, man. Forwards. What are you gonna do, Connor? I don't know. You know I feel for them. Connor, you're all you're talking to all former forwards here, by the way. Connor. Yeah. So <laughs> I, 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 I played full back for four years, and before that I was a wing outside center. I thought you and were my last forward. season at 35, they moved me to flanker. That was my last season. After I played flanker, I was like, nope. Forget this. Nope. So. that's it <laughs> well, even flanker is like a little bit glorified as soon as you get in that front row as soon as you get in that type five and you're and there's like 10 knock-ons in a game 
see you. I'll punch someone I in the face. These guys are, I'm like, yo, I'm chilling out on the wing and I'm, I'm looking at everyone like, <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason I quit after playing Flanker because I knew Hooker was next yeah. and I was not get on that natural progression. So. Hey, you got to own the Hooker position. Exactly. Hookers are now like, they're, they're like wings now. Yeah. But look at look at look at all of them in, in MLR. But hey, another Damn time. We'll talk, next week, next next month, we'll talk about hookers. Stay tuned all to right. find out what kind. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rick, you, Grant, you got anything left over there in Houston for us? He's good. Rick Collins up in Dallas, who might get a team this year. We're gonna stay tuned. We're gonna stay tuned. It could happen. Maybe maybe not. Uh, for Connor Mooneyham, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it, man. Good good chatting. Always, always fun. I am Dustin Zare down in Austin, Texas. This is episode 11. Join us for our one year special next month where we talk about all the rugby going on in the month of August, which is nothing. So I have no idea what the hell we're going to talk about. We'll see you next time. It's been Texas Rugby Monthly. We're out. Mm-hmm.